Is that you, Jer? Talk to me. Jer, it sounds like... Nope. Forget it. It was a burst of mauve noise that sounded like Jer, but it fizzled out. Clearly not a person. Fooled by the siren song of the techno void. Static masquerades as people. People hide behind the mask of their own faces. Or at least they try. Today's theme is mask. Let's examine the mask, the wearer, and what lies beneath. Great, I'm here. Just not able to speak right now. Please give me just a moment. Okay, well, this is a perfect illustration of our theme. With you hiding behind anonymity, I don't know to whom I've been transferred or what they've told you about me. So, in case you are unaware, I'll bring you up to speed. I've landed in a meticulously appointed waiting room. It brandishes earth furnishings from the 1970s, the way actors in ancient Greece sported masks. Theatrically, oddly comforting wood paneling, stubby reading lamps, and a pea-green shag carpet cushion the blow of ending up here somewhat. Yet the poster of a lion's head, captioned, Courage, inspires nothing of the sort. For what? The reading material? There are enough issues of Schmeeple magazine from the 90s to give a trans-dimensional sociologist a migraine. When I arrived here, I figured, hey, here I am, finally made it. Then, after waiting about as long as you would wait for a dentist before cursing him out in front of a room full of strangers, I realized perhaps this is just one big misunderstanding, right? There's no way this is the singularity. I figured this can't be the momentous point in time when consciousness and technology fuse into one. <sighs> but I have a sinking feeling I was wrong. This may be as good as it gets. Uploaded with no guarantee of contact with the living. I was duped. Now I'm forced to wander cyberspace. Of course, only a handful of elites can afford to get downloaded back into a priceless organic body. So it goes. At least I dream. I sit on a squishy chartreuse couch, which has embraced me as I have it. However, what began as an exciting one-night stand between me and this love seat has now spun out into a complete and utter mindflark, the likes of which I've never experienced. Not to brag, but I am, or was, a leading portal physicist on planet Dearth up until the early 6000s, based out of Hellgate City, so I've seen some shiz. Why do I have such a rich knowledge of Earth's culture? Well, I've gone pretty deep on Wikipedia, had to do my due diligence since I found a young person whose mind was perfectly suited to swap consciousness with my son. Wrongdoer extraordinaire, probably why y'all chose this environment. But it doesn't explain why I'm stuck here. And why aren't you? Is there no receptionist? Am I the receptionist? And if so, who's Blompy? Because Blompy has been on lunch break for eight days. 
Any hoozle de do. I know customer service is a real pain in the patoot, so I hate to be that guy. But I'm lost. And after what happened last night, or yesterday, or whatever the hell time is here, I'd like some answers. The other place, you know, phantasmagorical Hellgate City. Can you fill me in? Is it normal to be a fly on the wall there, or is that just me? Is time there supposed to be more elastic? Sure makes it hard to gauge the passage of time. Like, how long have I been here? By my math, it was circa July 7th, 6014, when they must have got me and, I don't know, uploaded me here. I guess it's been about a week. That in the ballpark. Wish I were in any ballpark. Instead, I am sitting in a room different from the one you are in now, I suspect. This is some kind of vestibule, right? All right, total wash. <sighs> Fine. Maybe you're not there. Maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion and shouldn't be using the visitor sign-in tablet to send this sort of message. But maybe, just maybe, this is on you. Hi. Can you hear me? Ha. <laughs> yeah. About time. I hope you heard everything I just said, because I'm not fit to repeat it. Uh-huh. One moment. Sure. <laughs> like it hasn't been days. Thank you for holding. Your call is important to us. Please continue to hold, and the next available agent will answer your call. <laughs> just what I needed. Rather than twiddle my thumbs, let's delve into what happened yesterday in the Downside Up. That's what I'm calling this realm. First, we'll circle back to the tale of Alfreda Jonesley and her encounter with Bronworth. When we left off, the ambulance carrying them had pulled over, hovering high above level two. The rear door had opened and the medical droid had beckoned a blackguard to hop inside from his hoverbike to seize Alfreda. As the cop approached her, she realized she was about to be arrested. No doubt she'd be charged with assault for unintentionally knocking Bronworth over when he startled her in disguise. Bronworth lay strapped onto the hover gurney, still dressed as a mime. Some atonement, she seethed. Rage welled up inside her. Her heart pounded against her ribcage like a wild animal trapped. That's when something flew inside the ambulance. It passed the cop and bonked the droid's cranium. Then it snapped the manacle off Alfreda's feet with one flick of its prehensile toes. Whatever it was danced a victory jig. Her feet, now liberated, Alfreda kicked Bronworth's gurney toward the door. It smashed into the blackguard's crotch. The droid grabbed it to save his customer from falling a few stories. But Bronworth, in his final act of resistance, switched off the gurney's hover engine, making it drop like a hunk of dead metal and slide out as the ambulance tilted back slightly. It pushed the cop out, dragging the droid with it. All three tumbled down below, landing with a crash. The paramedic opened the steel curtain on the bulletproof glass divider. Everything okay back there? 
I found myself behind the eyes of this entity which flew into the back of the ambulance and sat in the droid's chair. When the driver asked if we were okay, I banged the wall twice with a clawed fist. And as the chrome curtain shut and the auto door closed, I looked down at my spindly clawed toes glowing green and blue and flickering at the edges. In my contorted reflection on the brushed aluminum wall, I saw a glitchy holographic gargoyle, proud to have thrown a fluvium away from the core that is the city, its meekest denizens. I suspect Alfreda and the gargoyle will resurface in a glitch in due time. Meanwhile, we shall follow a different pair of denizens into the downside up. Let's look at their attempt to revive their relationship by stripping off the masks behind which they've been hiding and turning to new ones. Please log the following report in case it solves any missing person's complaints. On the eve of their second honeymoon, in the upper reaches of the Gronx, the most neglected northern borough of Neo-Amsterdam, Niltonson took Xandra's hand and led her blindfolded down a digibrick path that opened on crashing waves she could only hear. Spray from the briny surf assaulted her senses. Now can I look? Almost. Niltonson had taken great pains to keep this location a secret. He had borrowed a hover bus from his job as a public transit driver. He had spirited her there in the dead of night. He had relocked the bus door 17 times as his obsessive compulsive disorder dictated. Then he carefully unlocked the gate to the rest of his life. He ushered his spouse through the faux stone entryway and secured the latch 17 times as per the OCD. Now, no peeking. Oh, come on. He removed her blindfold with a flourish. Before her, a narrow patch of rocky beach unfurled. It was thought to be lost to sea rise 70 years ago. She glanced back up the stairs they had descended, which were carved into the cliff. It's sublime. What is this? Ours. But how could you afford it? Well, there is a slight catch. It must have a business use eventually to pay off the property taxes, but I saw the land was available and mismarked as waste fill, imbeciles. So I snagged it. And now we're going to have the first oceanside picnic in the Gronx in nearly a century. Champagne and 17 canapes later. Lying back on the blanket, they mused about how they had always wanted to own something, anything. Eventually, during a lull in the conversation, Zandra pressed him about the business. You know how I've always wanted to found a nudist colony? Sort of. Well, I have. You'll see. It'll be glorious. I found these new masks that allow you to program your appearance for everyone else in the colony while being naked and free. Huh. So nude, but with privacy. Yes. And the masks have a facial morpher that projects a fully expressive face of whatever type you choose. So total anonymity if you want. But why even be a nudist if they won't see your body? Because it's about being naked, which you are. If you wish to just show yourself as you are, that's fine too. 
17 weeks later, the Hellgate nudist colony opened to much fanfare in a private ceremony. That afternoon, Zandra and Niltonton sat around the 12-person hot tub with four others. Zandra, however, did not take to it the way her husband did. She wanted to see her fellow guests nude as they were, not in the grotesque forms they chose to present through their psi masks. She stood up from the jacuzzi and trailed steaming hot water along the catwalk, but wearing the mask blinded her to how she was perceived. She stepped into her grit boots and walked out the front gate. Seventeen minutes later, she arrived at a salt marsh on the northwestern tip of the Gronks. She waded out onto the silt. The sight of bees feeding on lilies and orchids had caught her eye. Or maybe it was the mask that saw this. It's hard to tell exactly what she was seeing when the sheriff called out to her to return to the walkway. The sheriff yelled at her to stop and unmask herself. It's not that she disobeyed. It's more that she tuned him out. The incoming tide rose across the mud flat. He drew his cyber taser and blasted at her feet, causing the bees to swarm up in a frenzy. She stopped right before walking into quicksand, awestruck. As he closed in on her position, she saw the swell and faint outline of a giant creature in the silt. And he, too, saw the bees for a fleeting moment. You getting this? I hope so, because... All of our agents are still busy. If you would like to receive a call back, please press 1, and the next available agent will return your call. Otherwise, remain on the line and your call will be answered in the order it was received. Like I said, there's no keypad. Well, we'll have to pick up this thread next time, Dreamwalkers. A mask can be a good thing, Operator. Yet anyone listening to this would suspect you're hiding something horrible behind the mask of polite automation. There will come a time when your disguise gets ripped apart, leaving you exposed, and at the moment you need it most, you'll have no protection. It took a few years, but such a moment cast the first blow in a series of setbacks that would eventually take my father's life. When they dropped the second whiz-bang during the Great Collapse of 5944, I felt it like a punch in the chest. I was five. My dad gave me his sun goggles, but they were too loose. Kept slipping down my nose. Which is bad parenting. What kind of parent takes a toddler to the observation deck of the Imperial Tower in Ascension to watch the world burn? I digress. We both should have been wearing full radiation masks and bodysuits. I got lucky. He did not. He absorbed an eyeful of gamma rays and concentrated dark energy that day. It marked the beginning of the end for him. There's a reason parents traveling by air must put on their oxygen masks before helping a child. Hi again. Just checking in. Oh, you dipped out. Everything okay? Just as I was spilling my guts on the carpet and laying out one of my most vulnerable memories for all to see. Good. No, don't, 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 don't say that. <laughs> I could smell your whole setup was running on AI fumes from the beginning. I've been trying to remain calm and suck it up till the human arrived, but it appears that was just wishful thinking. Hang on. 
This level of service is irreprehensible. All of our agents are busy at this time. Your call is very important to us. Please stay on the line and your call will be answered in the order it was Hey, it's Earth's top-ranked narcoleptic German-Jewish comedian, uncontested. Before I dive into the credits, how about a shocking sleep fact? Quote, based on epidemiological studies of average sleep time, millions of individuals unwittingly spend years of their life in a suboptimal state of psychological and physiological functioning, never maximizing their potential of mind or body, due to their blind persistence and sleeping too little. Matthew Walker, PhD, from his book, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. Here's another. After being awake for 19 hours, those who are sleep deprived are as cognitively impaired as those who are legally drunk. Stick around till after the credits and I'll give you a final nugget. Screaming Panda presents Mask the 13th episode of Hellgate City, and the third in season two. Mask was written, performed, and produced by Kevin Barry while wearing an N95 respirator and Zorro eye mask. The glitch in the Matrix bonus story that goes with this chapter is called Unmasked and is available on the show's Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hellgate City. Speaking of which, I've jettisoned ads and sponsors for you, dear listener. But it will be impossible to keep this show going without increased listener support on Patreon. Folks can try out the Hellhacker tier for less than two dimes a day. Most people can cover the first month just by checking their pockets and couch cushions. Doing so unlocks our weekly bonus tales which are best enjoyed if you listen as they come out. Each one shares context with the episode that came before it. Plus, there's behind-the-scenes content, chillaxing soundtrack tunes, and exclusive merch coming soon. So thank you to our current handful of patrons from the very bottom of my heart. I wouldn't have made it this far without you. And if any of you listening want to be able to say, that show? That show wouldn't exist without me. I look forward to seeing you in the Inner Legion. If you could put a mask on that made you look exactly like any other person in the world, who would it be? For me, it would be Bono from the band U2. I'd like to see the look on their face at the Dunkin' Donuts slash Baskin Robbins when I order a Sunday, bloody Sunday. Extra strawberry sauce. Final stunning sleep fact. The impairment from sleep deprivation actually begins at around 15 hours of wakefulness. So if you got up at 7 a.m., that would mean at 10 p.m. you're as impaired as somebody who is legally drunk. This may be why car accidents are a leading cause of death in most first world nations. So sleep well, dream hackers. I'll catch you in an REM cycle. <laughs>